You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome in. We did it. 500. We're back. <laughs> it was a tall climb. Three straight wins needed. Three straight wins to climb to 500. Um, uh, tough tough game to really find anything bad about. Uh, oh, you must hate that. No, it was the FU Kendrick <laughs> Perkins game from Tatum and Brown. Um, yeah. You know, like, look, people have been killing them, right? Um, not killing them, but like, can we see them play well together? They played well together. Um, but we're going to start the show off with Bobby Manning telling us what Dennis Schroeder did wrong tonight. <laughs> oh, that turnover yeah, that in the shot. second quarter. That one, remember he missed that shot? Get him out of there. No, this is, this is the Schroeder <laughs> from early in the season. I, I always said he was a big boost to this team early this year when Tatum was in the dumps and yeah, walk it back. was in and out. Walk it back. But this yeah, here this comes is, the trade smart people. This is yeah. probably his best game since say early December. It's been a while now since he's had one of these. So he was obviously struggling there be- badly for a while. Because he's being held back. I don't think so. I mean it's it's a similar <laughs> role to what he's doing usually. You know, he comes off the bench, whatever. It's almost like the Roger thing too. Remember that? Like he would come off the bench and it'd just be sloppy and awkward and the numbers would be way down but he'd still be playing a ton of minutes he'd still have plenty of opportunities to play with the best guys but he gets in the starting unit and he's puffing out his chest a little bit more and all of a sudden the big numbers start flowing and you know he looks great yeah the shots fall i mean he, he hit four threes tonight i mean that was the yeah difference. and mm-hmm. you know the third quarter he came in he came up huge actually you know starting that third quarter after that horrible end to the second quarter for the celtics so it was good to see them kind of retake control of that game <laughs> after that drought. Um, so yeah, he was a part of that it. I mean, second was Dennis awful. Dennis Shooter's not the story of the game. We're just we just like to give Bobby crap. No, but he's Dennis, up there. He's Dennis up there. Tonight, Marcus Smart is is out with an injury, and Peyton um, Pritchard doesn't play. Dennis Schroeder is the B storyline. The A storyline is Tatum right. and Brown both playing well together in the same game. Not just well, a relatively efficient manner you know it wasn't jacking tons of shots um they both shot well from the field they, they had a couple of stretches of loose goosey turnover you know which you don't want to see again just some sloppy you know, ball yeah. handling just from yeah. those guys but beyond that pretty freaking clean game aggressive yep. um you know uh attacking again tatum did some of his things where it's like i don't love all of it but look scorers are gonna have to take some shots what you really want to see from tatum is be decisive and make his decision like 
just do it quicker. You know, when Tatum gets deliberate and he holds it is usually where he gets himself into trouble. He's just got to make his decisions faster. I felt like he did that tonight. Yeah, and this was a 2020 kind of game from him. You remember that stretch there before the bubble where him and Brown would just combine for 25 each every night, it felt like, through yeah. like February and March. Exactly. Just going back and forth, trading off fairly well, not doing a ton of actions together, but pretty cleanly hitting shots uh, back and forth and getting downhill and taking good quality shots. You essentially saw Indy in that drop that those guys used to kill back then, just stepping around screens and getting wide open looks from deep here. This team has struggled so much from three, not even just the guys like Richardson and Schroeder and Smart, those guys that you would expect to struggle from there. But, you know, Tatum and Brown have even had their fair share of struggles from deep this year. So to see them go out and just nail them, like methodically to start the game like that, essentially took Indy out of it pretty early. And everything from there is just kind of... Whatever. I didn't like the second quarter at all, but you build that kind of lead for yourself early in a game. You could see you're it still happening. gonna win, even with this team. I Grandy talked about that on the radio the last few games here. Like they build these what do we want to say, like fifteen point leads. They're still winning more of those pretty decisively than they are. And you know, even when they go down by double digits, there's still a better record than when they take those double digit leads. There's just no they just them but every time they've lost and every time or every time they've had to sweat it out, it's the same thing where they've started to get comfortable. They stop valuing possessions, yeah. um, you know, defensive uh, focus and intensity starts to wane and teams go on quick runs and all your hard work gets wiped fast. Like why be up 14, 15 for an entire half and then just fall asleep for three minutes? Like and then yeah, and every every right. team gets that up kill- runs. They play the different. Yeah, but but they they completely and that's gonna happen. Other teams are gonna get hot, but like they completely, it feels like they collapse both sides, offense and defense at the same time, and and it yeah. happens so fast to them. Uh, those are the mental lapses you have to avoid. But again, they came out sharp in the third, and and you know then it was you know white knuckle time entering the fourth. Is it gonna be one of those quarters? And it wasn't. So great. Um, you know you put away a bad team, you kept them at arm's reach the whole game. Great. Done. That's what you're supposed to do. So, you know, clean game in that regard, minus that little spell in the second. Yep. Jimmy, yeah. say something with your new with your new microphone. Oh, sign. I'm again used to my new camera <laughs> over here and everything else. So if he's blinded by the bit, lights. Yeah, yep. exactly. No, I, I I mean I I'm with you guys. I it was nice to see them. I mean, I wonder how many games did both scored 30 plus in the same game i'm sure i was looking like was this the most ever for them i don't think it was because we probably would have heard it but it's right up there definitely yeah it had to be yeah Uh, most points ever in the first quarter though that was a great stat scout throughout there between the two 24 and it was a game where indy had you know more players than they did in the first one i mean lavert played brogdon played so this was a more legitimate win as far as i'm concerned i mean they obviously played much better tonight um now I don't want to – I mean, we have to talk about the fact that Marcus Smart didn't play in this game, and, and this was the this was the offense and this was the outcome. I mean, is, there a, is there a correlation there, Bobby, or is it just kind of uh... – Well, Smart didn't play well on Monday. I said that. He was, he was dreadful in that game, and it was almost like a boost when he went down. Uh, overall this year, the numbers are pretty overwhelmingly better when he's out there, though, just with the passing and the organization skills he's able to bring. Like, Schroeder – this is my thing with him, and we'll get into there it. There we go. Here. Like, there we go. He he gets a lot of assists, 
And, you know, the numbers look good there, but he's not a guy who really organizes much. Like, he gets in the great positions himself, draws some defense there, and hits some guys. Uh, he gets downhill so quickly. He had some nice drives and catching drives in this one. But Smart is still by far the better organizer to me. Like, you don't see many pick and rolls through Schroeder. You don't see him setting guys up. And a lot of time you see him freelancing, which is what drives me craziest about him. The, the scoring is talented there. Like, he can really score the ball. But a lot of times I feel like that's his only offensive skill, which is a great one to have, certainly. But it's not necessarily what they need. John, I think you said during the game, it's just a lot of guys on this team who do the same thing, and he's just another one who can really score at his best, but he's not a facilitator. He's he not is, an but the thing is, if you're moving the ball, you're creating matchups, you're avoiding double teams from coming over to people, and you're creating situations where people who can get downhill, like Schroeder, are able to do so without as much cluster. You know, so it, it, when they're moving, if they're holding it, if Schroeder just dribble, 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 and then tries to break his guy down, he's basically turning himself into Tatum, you know, or yeah. Brown or when they do that. But when the ball is swinging, you do, you, you see how many times Schroeder tonight, he'd get it on a catch and go. And before the defense had a chance to reset, he was gone because he's so fast. So mm -hmm. that is something he brings to the table that obviously Marcus doesn't, um, that I think gets taken for granted because we just put it in the same bucket as Dennis can score. But he does so – it works in an offense where they are whipping the ball around a little bit a little bit more. Um, and – he's able to take advantage of it because of his physical, you know, I'm interested to see the on off stats for both of them. I'm going to pull those up while uh, yeah. Jimmy kind of gives his take here. My take um, on what smart on versus smart and Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Bobby. I mean, I, we all know that Schroeder doesn't really set things up. I mean, he walks, <laughs> he rolls the ball up or walks the ball up. <laughs> he he kind of looks for his shot first, um, which is fine. I mean, he's a scoring, he's a scoring guard. But the thing I've always liked about Schroeder is that he's quick, he's fast, he's active. He can he can drive better than practically anybody, um, much better than Smart, and he can whip the ball around when he's when he's asked to. And I honestly think that he's playing the way that Ime wants him to play, or else Ime wouldn't be playing him as much. You know, he still gets plenty of burn. I know tonight he kind of had to, but even when they are fully, you know, Smarts in the game or whatnot, like I don't think the the way Schroeder plays bothers Ime. So. There's no reason for him to change his style. I think we've talked about it before. So many nights he's given them points that they've desperately needed. And, and he may that likes was, him. That's pretty clear, right? Like he, totally. he doesn't go away from him very much. No, I think he definitely likes him. I mean, we saw him, we saw him go to um we saw him go away from him in the fourth quarter last game, but that had more to do, I think, with the Pacers um lineups than maybe than maybe Schroeder himself and the fact that Smart was out too. Um, but no, I, I like what he's given them. And that's why I've been so against like railing on him for an off night or when he does something stupid, because I do think that he's helped them way more than hurt them this season. And the only reason they're going to trade him is if, or is because of their own, their own fault, their own standing, not because of him. So I hope people understand that. I'm sure most people do. They're not trading him because he's bad. You'd like to keep him, right? We 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 kicked that around <laughs> early in the year. Could you do it? He's, Who, a, he's a good player to have. Yeah, it's Look, just the dilemma. The more he plays, the, yeah. I'll say this: the more he plays, the less I think he's gonna cash in big somewhere. But I still think he's having a good season. Like like that eighty million dollar contract that's gone. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna get. I don't think he's gonna get ten ten a year from anybody. So I think he's like. Or maybe he will get 10 a year. I mean, maybe that's like his peak, you know, for a few-year deal. For, you know, 
that's really not that much money, I guess, in the NBA these days. But, but I yeah. think the Celtics have a an he's outside shot if they kept right? him. But things he's would like, have to. Sorry. I think that's where he is. He's in the mid level, maybe maybe plus. Like a big mid level. Yeah. He might be a yeah. Richardson or a Richardson contract. You know, yeah. like whatever that is. He might 12, 13, 14, You know, Tice got that fourteen. You know, like I yeah, think he's I yeah. think he's above a mid level guy. He's a mid level guy when all the chips fall. And you can't find a place to sign and a team's got a mid-level and there he signs, you know, he could be better than that. It's still above what the Celtics can play. But I mean, the, the Schroeder thing is what we've always discussed. It's he, uh, whether I know he's polarizing. I know the, it just cracks me up that we call it a roller coaster. Like it did the analysis around him just blows my mind. He'll have a game like tonight. There was way more negative Dennis Schroeder Twitter and call outs than there was positive tonight. And every time someone says every night when he has a good game, people concede it. Like, I guess Dennis was fine, but it's like, people are looking for stuff for this guy. He's an imperfect player. We all know that he makes them better, but if you can get anything of value for him at the deadline, that's fine. I do not want to sell Dennis Schroeder. So wick gets under the tax for a second round pick or so wick saves a buck. That's stupid to me. But if Schroeder gets you no, but there's re- some ancillary benefits to that Pritchard plays more you maybe a little bit some worse. some but like I said is that that's why Pritchard minutes don't aren't a necessity but don't you want depth though especially at that position like you're gonna trade Schroeder and then all of a sudden okay fine Pritchard can play but now what Smart gets hurt or Pritchard gets hurt now now what like well, you, you know Brown and Tatum are in that spot a lot of the time and but yeah. they didn't Schroeder's, have a point guard out there at all then the last game Schroeder's by no means the yeah, answer that's not ideal Schroeder's by no means the answer at point guard he's also not the playmaker these guys need um you know shots right. He's not, he's not, but there's things that he do. Like I said, there's things Schroeder does because of who he is, draws attention to himself. He's someone you have to worry about. He can blow by, he can draw help, you know, um, you know, and he's explosive. And when things aren't going well, he's a guy who gets easy buckets where a lot of people on the team don't. So there's things for the offense. He does that aren't conventional, almost like, you know, and then there's things that are, which is just scoring the basketball, which is a good thing. But it's like, sometimes the benefit of him is different. In the same way, Rob, just the attention that he garners. Marcus Smart garners no attention, okay? Uh, None. Yes, he can set the ball up, and yes, he can facilitate. He's not a person you have to account for at any point in time when you're defending the Celtics at all. So Schroeder, you do, and that's different. That that puts stress on the defense to uh, a little bit. You have to account it does. for Rob. It, it depends you have whether to account he's on or for Rob, whether he scores a lot. You account for him, and it's something you else something else you have to worry about. You do not have to pay attention to Marcus Smart at all. Doesn't mean he can't run the offense and set people up. And he's he's clearly the best passer that they have, but he's not running an offense that's like functioning at a super high level he's certainly um, not running a, a good offense right? he's not running a good offense and, you know and he's and yeah, he's you also can be just... the manager of a hotel but if it's the freaking <laughs> you know red roof in like yeah. congrats yes like so i hate doing the schroeder played well so smart's the problem thing off of one game i just don't think that's right but again i do think you know now listen, to, it's 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 a yeah. team that's starving for points, and you have a guy in Schroeder who gets points pretty easily, and you have a guy in Smart who struggles to get points but does pretty much everything else. So that's the trade-off you're looking at there. It's great to have both. You know, I actually he does like, everything but score. I like them both in the backcourt to start <laughs> yeah. this year. 
you know, that was a, that was a pairing I like because you do have a little bit of the scoring there. You have a little bit of the defense with Smart, and they're both pretty tenacious defenders, ultimately, in terms of, like, the intensity they play with at that end. The shooting just really started to bog those two down eventually. Like, there's just nothing between those two in that department. So, all of a sudden, one ends up getting a little bit of the bad break there, and really, over the last two or three games here, you haven't seen those guys together at all, which is a killer. When Pritchard's out... Uh, you start to probably mix him in a little bit more with each of them here, which is good. But it's it's kind of a log jam there. And you do think, like, if, if you're wondering about Schroeder's long-term prospects here, it, it is kind of a smarter Schroeder question. The, the tricky thing is there's no guarantee that Schroeder stays. Like, he could look at another situation and say, this will be well, better for me. He's a There'll hired, certainly be more money out there. He's yeah. a hired gun. I don't expect him to be back. I, I no. don't be back you, know what, you know what the other thing is I'll say real quick? Both these guys, Smart and Schroeder, are like the perfect, the perfect six men. Yeah, you know? like on a on a really good team, they're 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 completely different players, really, when you think about it. But they offer so much to a team in in a number of ways. Here's and, the thing, though: if you if you do plan on moving off Smart, or at least heavily considering that, wouldn't be the worst idea to keep Schroeder at that spot. You know, this is the thing the Celtics can offer Schroeder. There's money considerations here. There's a million other things. There isn't pretty much every team in the NBA set at point guard. The Celtics are probably like one of two or three that have a ton of minutes to offer a guy there. I think that's a big reason he's here for $5 million in the first place. And it could be a reason he's back next year if they end up going in a different direction there at guard. The trade-off you're asking, and this is something John alluded to earlier in the show, is is it worth two seconds? Is it worth getting below the tax? Like, what's the benefit of just getting rid of him, not having him here? I, some people don't like him. I'm not in that camp. Like, I criticize him. Yeah, yeah, I'm are. not one of these guys who says just get rid of him, like, for no reason. Like, I don't think there's – You a, did. You actually did say just get rid of no, him. No, you like, want to get show. you want to get something for him. Two seconds No, you just right. want to see Pritchard more. That's literally it for you. You don't need do. to see – You don't need anything. I do, but I'm coming from the assumption that he's going to be gone. If you feel there's a chance you can keep him, there's value in that. I do not the feel there's season. a chance you can keep him. Then you uh, trade him. You don't always do that because it's the same Why? thing we talked about. Because if you he get nothing, you're better off keeping him and because he makes your team better. Um, if you if he was in the way of someone, like if I believed, he is. If I believed Pritchard had a future – of beyond a guy who's going to play a few minutes a game coming off a bench, I'd say get him out of there. And I don't, ha- I don't mind that. Because what makes you think Pritchard doesn't though? Have we seen I enough think this of them? I think, I think they know. Um, in the same way, I think they have a good idea. Why aren't Neesmith and Romeo playing despite our protestation here? Because they've probably seen Your enough of these guys. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> they've seen enough of these guys to know what they are. Um, and, I, I think Pritchard has a, you know, a very Pritchard's ceiling is pretty clear. I, I'm not going to weep if they trade Schroeder and Pritchard starts playing more minutes. But if you're getting next to nothing, I don't really see the point um, of, of of getting rid of somebody. And I think you can I, keep Schroeder and still find a way to give Pritchard more minutes if it's important to you um, down the stretch. It doesn't matter. I just don't see going into Tankapalooza mode for a bunch of second round picks and to save Wick a buck. That does nothing for me. <laughs> what did um what did Cleveland get or recently? Who were they what was the trade they made for They got Ronda. Oh, they got Ronda. What'd they give up? Do you know? Valentine. Yeah. I mean, like really the only the only way I can see Schroeder 
being traded for something of value as if as if a good team loses a point guard as you an know? emergency yeah. due to injury and that happened i know it, it did happen but it's gonna happen again. now it has to happen again it happened the Celtics didn't pick up the phone fast enough do you want nope we got rondo damn it they were able to get rondo for last and that that yeah. makes sense i guess but um, that's a predicament in this trade season no one wants to give up stuff here's a question at the end of the day like here's, here's, i'm just throw us out there two seconds would rondo have been a good a good trade for the celtics to make if they need you know of a guy that can maybe run the offense a little bit. I wouldn't have hated it. I wouldn't have. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy you need there. He's, what, a minimum guy at this point? So you could have traded Bruno Fernando for him or something. All the Lakers want to do is clear a roster spot there. Um, they just yeah. ended up rerouting Valentine to the next. All right, just want to remind everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code CLNS50 to get started from football, basketball, Hockey, boxing, UFC, your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I mean, I would have been for it. I wouldn't have hated it. I mean, you it. talk they're, about they're like, like, you know leadership sort of thing like that i mean I, I know rondo has had his issues with generally speaking but i think he's an extremely smart basketball mind and post dallas of, he's been helpful to a lot of different teams he's been a champion yeah oh absolutely no i i i'm a huge rondo guy that's why i brought it up i, I think yeah. that the celtics are lacking like that type of a player and attitude and personality and it's just where do his minutes again, come from you know it, of, like you got smart you got schroeder uh, those guys yeah, are pretty much eating all your point guard minutes there. He doesn't shoot. That certainly is an issue that would right. still be pretty uh, substantial there. So you would have probably had to move off like a Schroeder in that situation. And Because this is the issue with the Celtics right now. They're playing really thin. Ime's not a guy who's going to sprinkle down and mix and match and do all this different kind of well, stuff. Well, that's the so, thing we wanted to see because we yeah. just want to see, like I said, you're, you're, you're that guy just messing around at the bar and seeing if you can like invent a drink, you know, like I, we don't, Oh, this tastes good. I didn't expect it. Or this is really bad because we don't care about the season because nobody views this as a contending team. That's why I say experiment a little bit with some combinations. See if you unlock something you'd never known. That like, is hard for a first year coach. And it's hard for a first year end. coach. Yeah. Right. So that's why I want to see it. Not because we think they're good, you know, like I'm, you know, like I said, you don't even have to put a gun to my head. If you just ask me straight up, are Neesmith and Romeo going to be really, you know, <laughs> solid NBA players? I'd be like, no. You know, like I don't think so based on what I've seen. I, I, I'm kind of a quick judge on things. I'm not impressed at all. But I want to see – I think there's a world in which you might be able to get something out of them or develop them or make them work with other people with something – you get more than what you're seeing or what we've well, here's been the seeing thing. for so much I of think, the year. Right. I think Ime was asked about this this morning. The minutes here, and they're not bad tonight in a blow-up, but again, 37 for Tatum, 
27 for Al with Rob. That's a lot, man. <laughs> Rob had like that 10 minute stitching session and Horford just got nailed with minutes there. Even in a blower here, these are pretty heavy minutes. 35 for Brown, 34 for Schroeder. Like you're just nailing some of these guys with minutes. Even uh, Smart going down, I saw it was tw- top 12 in the league in minutes. So you're, you're kind of nailing guys, especially Horford. You cannot be playing him 30 minutes right now at well, the rate again, that he has been. I said it on the text thread. I want this to be the last game they start double big. But Hor- Horford actually played a good game tonight. So he did, I, I, a little fresher. I mean, offensively, it's still not great, but he definitely looked yeah, a little bit more jumpy. He had the great little move in the post there. He was moving the, he was moving the ball. I thought he did a decent job. Yeah. Uh, he did a good job defending um you know tonight as well so again the threes just aren't falling at this point he has to just not shoot them anymore um it's It's it's, so hard on this team though isn't it someone has i know it's that bad um but he was fine man i mean you know uh the bigs had decent games for uh you know in terms of statistically for indiana but i mean you know that first celtics first unit just mopped the floor with indiana starters tonight you know it wasn't even close yeah, they, they broke down that drop defense. And they destroyed him. Bonus and Turner out there. Like, it's so easy to swing them and get guys out of the paint and get downhill. And, yeah. you know, Turner's tough in the post, but he's not really a guy who's going to stand out there and be this deadly switching guy like an eight in. So you made pretty easy work of a defense that you should have been able to easily work in. You look at Brogdon and Robert and, you know, yeah, Brogdon was holiday. limited. Yeah, yeah. You, you can go at those guys as the bigger wings there. So you really asserted your will offensively in this one, which was great to see. Uh, big one on Friday. Like now, now it's really like, all right, back to some real competition here. And let's see now that you're playing well, if you can close out a game. But, you know, they've they've played Philly well this year, haven't they? Like they, they had that terrible closing stretch in the last home game, but they did uh, win you need, that. You, I was just thinking you need Horford against Embiid too. So yeah. uh, you're yeah. not going to, yeah, there's no, there's no way you're going to, you know, Chicago is probably a more interesting one on Saturday in that regard. They, they're more like spread it out, run and versatility. So yeah, yeah. You're looking at double big for another game on Friday for sure. I mean, you're looking at it forever because I think he may loves it. He, he friggin', you know, he sleeps with it under his pillow, you know, like he just, that's what he, <laughs> It's his, it's his favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so great. 500 heading back into Philly. A couple things I wanted to talk about today. Well, let's talk about Tatum and Brown. What would you like specifically about those guys tonight? It was funny as a reversal, um, you know, where Tatum started out hot, then kind of disappeared, and then Jalen just friggin' – and that's the thing. When he goes on those streaks, man, um, he is just hard to stop. You know, well, he's just – and then he went on one of those tears. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, go sorry. ahead, Jimmy. I was gonna say, I mean, you asked what I liked about it. I mean, the shots fell. I don't really think they played a whole lot different, to be completely no. honest. I mean, it wasn't like they were whipping That's the ball. That's why I'm wondering. I don't want to be that jerk about it. Like, was there a huge difference in their style? I thought they were a little bit more decisive. I didn't think they held the ball as long, but a lot there was still some stuff which was one on one. Uh the shots were falling. Totally. Though. Yeah. Yeah, they should fall. I mean, they both shot well for three. Um, I, I'll give you that, John. I thought they were a little bit more, um, like pointed in what they were wanting to do. I didn't see them like leaving their feet and looking around frantically to like dish the ball off. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the turnovers and they played like crap in the end of the second quarter, but everybody did. But I mean, I, you asked me what I like. I like that the shots fell. I mean, at the end of the day and, and, <laughs> and we read, we, you know, we read something, you know, there was something going on in our chat earlier today about, you know, Tatum 
has to hit those shots. You know, if he's not, the Celtics aren't good enough. Like, and I think they compare, you know, it was the ringer. It was a ringer article, right? So I, yep. I pulled that up, Jimmy, cause I was going to go to that cause I wanted to talk about it. So, okay. you know, Sorry. the no, 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 but that's, I'm glad you segued there. Cause that's kind of what I wanted to go to is the shots fell tonight and it's, it might not be more complicated than that. Um, for all the analysis and anything that you'll do to try to break down what it is that's happening with them at the end of the day, uh, Jason Tatum specifically is worse at the thing that he was best at a couple of years ago, which is hitting shots in your freaking face. You know, the degree of difficulty on a lot of his buckets yeah. um, were, was extremely high and that's what made him great. And so then you're trending into Kevin Durant land or mellow in his prime, which is like, it doesn't matter. He's going to, take you one-on-one he's going to go up and over you and he's going to shoot he's going to score or harden you know when he's in one of his stretches and he's going to do it with defense all over him and he's going to get his shot off clean because it's a strength of his and he's going to hit an insane percentage of them to the point that you have to adjust your entire defense to 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 account for it and that's what isn't happening this year tatum's numbers are down two straight years in all of his shooting metrics this was the excerpt from this from the ringer um Celtics could continue as they have reshuffling the roster from season to season, banking the two all-stars, figuring it out. Yet, even in doing so, they'd eventually be forced to confront the fact that the team built around Tatum and Brown tend to wobble more than most. Night-to-night stability in the NBA comes from one of two places, first-class playmaking or first-class shot-making. The former is a no-go, which we all agree, um, and... uh, Tatum has improved enough as a distributor to hit some of his own teammates. Not so much he won't rifle a pass, you know, over Williams' head of the sideline. The shot-making is where things get more interesting and where Tatum seems to have earned the Celtics' patience. The 23-year-old can hit tough shots, contested jumpers with the best of them, though not quite as reliably. Therein lies the damning difference. To anchor a contending team while playing the style Tatum does, he needs to hit the impossible shots at the level of Durant and Kawhi Leonard. He needs to convert those looks with such consistency that defenses overreact, turning strength into structure. Anything less leaves the offense teetering with every miss. That is as good a description as what is going on with the team. Anything less, teetering with every miss, and all the more dramatically when Brown's own attempts uh, uh, to create turn chaotic, which happens because Brown all of a sudden gets a little wild trying to do too much himself. You can say some of that is a byproduct of what's around them, which is they have to force the issue because there is nobody else there. And I think that's fair. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to just Tatum's just not making as many shots as he was before. And if he was, I forget uh, Rob Mahoney, Mahoney for the ringer. He definitely, he definitely watches because like that is not, that is a strong perspective. You got that nice anecdote from Monday with the head pass. Yeah. yeah, he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what it comes down to. It is, I mean, it's so cliche the make miss league thing. But really, when Tatum pre bubble and then a little bit post, you know, the all star break Tatum in the pandemic year and then that post bubble where he was just dropping stuff, you know, it didn't matter. It, it, he could hit everything. Right. That was the all right, this guy is unstoppable. But now he's stoppable. Those shots just don't fall. And when they're not falling, we're 40 something games into the year. He's 41 32 on his splits. It's pretty bad, you know, like that's a he's a, he's now this year. He's just a volume scorer. He's not a deadly assassin, you know, who's just this lights out guy who's just going to put it in your eye. He can be, 
but he's not he's not consistent stretches yeah, yeah he's just not consistent so, i love the george Kawhi comparison and obviously those guys are a different level they join forces deeper in their careers uh, it's just it's gonna take some time in that regard for them to get the chemistry just like it took with those two in la i i guess what you're gonna need for it to hit like it's hit out there in la is you're gonna need kind of some one of the two of them to reach george levels playmaking Having near Kawhi defense from one of them would be nice as well. But, you know, Kawhi stepped up as a playmaker as well, probably worse so than George, but he's the higher level scorer of the two there. So, you know, you're probably looking at Brown to kind of be the Kawhi in that dynamic, be this guy who's an incredibly efficient scorer, can do it from three levels, who can play with a ton of pace and be a great defender. That's still what I kind of want to see from Brown at his best here. He hasn't been that the last few years, even though he's got the skills there. Tatum's the guy still I look at. I don't know how you feel about this, John, but I still see high-level playmaking with him. Just from the passes that he's able to make, uh, the skill that he has, the leverage that he has on the floor with the amount of defenders that he draws, those are things that I think he like really allows him to, I think, eventually be like a 6-7 assist-a-game guy. But he's got to really focus on that I, every single game. It's still the scoring that he's more first and foremost focused on. So I think he gets flustered by pressure. And, um, and sometimes he is trying like to force you. Yeah. Doubles and crowds he, at the rim. He gets flustered by pressure when he gets into traffic, when he gets into doubles, when and contact he, too. When, yeah. When he's trying to get to a spot and he doesn't get there as cleanly as he wants, when the path mm. isn't as he had conceived it, whatever that was, which is, he's trying to get to his spot. He's trying to get somewhere and it's harder. Then he starts to get out of sorts. He shoots more off balance and his passes are a little bit kind of more, you know, not, you know, the more like, I've got to pass instead of I want to pass or like crap, I've run into a wall here. And that's where he tends to make some of his mistakes. So he well, makes as he makes as many bad passes as good passes in some games where, you know, it's because he got kind of not like Brown, but it's because he gets locked in. I don't think he's I feel like the He's not, I, I don't know if it's the game has to slow a little bit. He's just got to see it. He has to see it a little bit better at times. I think he just ends up places sometimes and he's like, I don't want to be here or I didn't, it was hard getting here and I'm knocked off my spot and there's a, two guys here and this guy blitzed and, you know, and I got driven further out than I wanted to be. And now I'm still dribbling the ball. And there's eight seconds left on the clock. So now I got to do something. He, he ends up in those situations a little too often. So, so throw Durant at the window. We've been talking about that. Forever, I mean, he's but insane. It's, right? it's, it's not even, like, it's not even there. You know, he's not that tall. He, he's not. He's not the shot maker Durant is. And just like, there's a million different things that make Durant much better than Tatum. I, I but can he be? Can, but can he be Paul George? Yeah, it's not fair to yes. compare Durant. It's all it comes down to is you know what the type of player that. Yeah, he was trying to make a point. The point yeah. was you can't be Durant, Bobby. That is his point. Like that's yeah. why the Celtics are the are what no, they are. No, but we're comparing him to the but, but they're but I'm saying is Tatum is playing a style of game like a Durant, which is clear right. out, go up, shoot it, and and then make it and everyone's like oh damn it's just not happening enough that's the whole point is yeah. then you just become a chucker um unless you're doing it you know he has to be a more uh, efficient scorer if he's not hitting those contested shots all the time yeah. um then he just can't take as many of them which means he has to evolve his game uh and just pass up more shots or be a little quicker in his decision making or whatever but you can't just rely on Tatum 
one out of five nights having one of those nights when they're falling and then but have the same approach every single night because it's just not going for him uh, anymore. And it's, this well, is he's going to be the kind of guy that can yeah. get off the ball and do some of the things he did earlier in his career. Last couple yeah. of nights, seeing Brown be the man on the ball and seeing Tatum really struggle off of him. That's, that's concerning. Cause we see the same thing with Brown too. Tatum will be rolling and Brown will get stuck in the corner. So there's got to be ways for them to interact and benefit from one of them having a great night. Now, again, we're not asking for them to combine for 60 every single game here, but you don't want Brown to have the game on Monday yet against Indiana and have Tatum have a game where he's one assist, eight turnovers, and really poor shooting. It, it can't just be one or the other every single night. Like These guys need to find a happy medium here. It doesn't have to be tonight. Tonight was ridiculous. You're going to win every time they have games like they had tonight. But can you score, let's say... 25 and 20 25 and 17 like can that become a more steady like night in and night out thing yeah i feel guys? like when they were going their best we don't have the numbers in front of us but it was more like one guy would be the super alpha like the 32 point score but the other guy would have 25 you know like it, there wasn't this wide disparity like we're having now where like the other guy is it feels like one guy is a good game and the other guy shoots six for tw- six for 20 you know um mm-hmm you know, with seven turnovers and he has to get bailed out. There's been too many of those. Um, but again, it's, you know, half the people in the chat are going to say it's the talent around them. It's the talent around them, you know, brings us back. That's a such li- a big part of it. Brings it us really back is. a little bit to smart. And again, this is the thing is, uh, you know, it's hard to have these conversations about Marcus smart without sounding like you have an agenda or saying that smart is bad. He's not bad, but is he the guy that they need that these guys need to uh, help help them to make their lives easier? I think the answer is clearly after 40 games, no. Um, it doesn't mean Smart is bad. It doesn't mean he doesn't have tremendous value to the Celtics. At this point, though, I don't know that he's making their lives easier um, in, a, in a demonstrable way. Um, Just because shooting's so important. Yeah. And you're already lacking at the floor. Because, like I said, you don't have to account for Smart. So it's just, it's really not a worry. Even if he does set him up, nobody's got to worry that Smart's going to beat you. So the attention's still going to those guys. Yeah, and they're the only ones that can get shots off in that starting unit. You have two bigs who just are zeros in that regard right now. You have a point guard who very rarely has efficient quality scoring nights. And then it's just those two trying right. to beat crowds but inside. That's... Trying and to get that's, the fast break going. It's so hard. It, it's brutal for these That's two what to bugs score me right about now. the smart conversation is it, it you're not saying bad things about smart if you're saying, you know, they need a better playmaker. It's just saying smart does other things well, but not this thing that they need right now. And it becomes everyone gets so defensive about it. I think smart is okay. You want smart to be valued and loved around he, the league because then he can get you something great back. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, uh, your pal Keith over at Celtics blog wrote the most grim trade primer I've ever read in my life. Um, and, and, and I don't disagree with anything he wrote, none of it. But it is when you see it on paper laid out that way, you know, it is so freaking grim. And it's basically um, why won't they trade? Why won't the Celtics be able to trade anybody? Um, and it was. You know, obviously you have the untouchables, um, you know, in Tatum and Brown, but under the category of hard to move is Marcus, Robert Williams, and Josh Richardson. Williams, because he has the poison pill, and also you don't want to move him. But under hard to moves, Marcus Smart and Josh Richardson, simply because 
as we've always said with smart, he has more value to you than he has to anyone else. And that's what's what the thought. killer line in there though. The 77 having negative value Four years and 77 million could be tricky to work around because not every team will view that deal as positive value. Um, that is that's crazy, but that's that, the truth you made, is you made that deal in some regard, hoping that it would make him more. I don't know why they piece, made right? that deal because I thought that I, I've always felt that Marcus smart has way more value to you than he does to anyone else. And so Whatever you pay him, no one else is going to want to pay him that. No one else is going to want to give assets for him and pay him that. Right. It's a that's, lot. That's the key. That's the key. Is yes, that it's it's a lot. Could some gonna, team have fit him in? Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. No, you're you're gonna you're gonna do everything you can to match the salary, but you're not gonna get this up and coming young player. You're not gonna get all these picks. Like he's just not that type of guy. I mean, if they didn't extend him, we would. The last three weeks or four weeks going into the trade deadline would be like, they have to move Marcus Smart. They absolutely have to move Marcus Smart. Wouldn't it be, Bobby? I don't know. It could go both ways. <laughs> That's a yes. Okay. I mean, it would like, be. It really Let's could. be honest. Like, I mean, if, if you listen, same- right? Like, if, you, if we're going down the line here, aren't we? I hate the notion that, like, and I've seen this, they're like, oh, you got to make Smart the point guard and give him a chance. Give him a chance. He's been here a decade. He's been a point guard with a million different teams here, and I get it. He doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time, and it's not his full responsibility. But when is it ever going to be that? He's always going to be in the same role he's in right now here. And at times it's great, and at times you, the struggling, the shooting just kills you. So – we all agree. Everybody in the universe says you can't trade Brown. So then you're going to take a step down the roster to the next spot and say, you can't trade Smart either. And then what? You can't trade Rob. And then all of a sudden you're that Bleacher Report article saying, we have Romeo, Neesmith, and Grant. And then you're nowhere. You can't change the roster at all. So like Smart's everything, right? Like he is the guy who, if you're not trading Brown, has to get you somewhere and of course it's not going to be a monstrous return for brown but can it be different can it be something that fits better next to the jays don't isn't this what i've been saying yeah it's where we're at bobby (laughs) i'm losing my mind right now you you've been saying how good marcus smart has been and how important he is for this team for like ever no he is but at the same time you want to parlay that into and i feel the same way about rob too like Great. Rob's playing amazing now. He's becoming a game-in, game-out player. All of a sudden, hopefully that makes his trade value higher. Because and again, to change yeah, the mix absolutely. Here. But you to consolidate. Yes, you just got to be careful with Rob because the value on his contract is incredible. Um, but so, that is. makes it a tradable asset. Which makes him very attractive after this year because the salary matching is a little tricky this year because of the poison pill. Um, he gets in you terms further of, toward it, though. He's 3.8 to you and whatever it is to someone else, so it's a weird matching The question situation. we got to ask is who but we want, right? if somebody like, is like, Robert Williams is the future and I love this guy and is going to friggin' start to give you stuff, hell yeah. You know, it's just the problem is I think you're trading Robert Williams for another thing that you need and then losing that thing that you have instead of like rolling him up into a star because there's not enough assets to go along with him. I think Robert Williams only gets Depends you so how far. good he gets, you right. know, if no, he, but you're, right. you're not there yet. And and that's the whole thing is if he gets, if he gets better, you're really not going to want to trade him. You're still Rob Williams has to be traded at a point where there's still a chance. He's not going to be really, really good. He'll only be this good. And, Cause if he gets better than this, even by a little bit starting next year, 
it really doesn't well, make sense. It, it doesn't I mean, make he's sense. He's on to, a really good stretch of play right yeah. now. Game it in stops game making out. sense. It stops making sense to trade him. Cause I don't know that you can get better than him. Mm-hmm. Well, unless but it, it's more like it's, it would, it would be more a trade for fit reason, right? Like you would yeah. need, like, again, like if you're looking for that point guard somewhere, you know, you have to give up, but then now you have no presence down low. So it's like, yeah, the good news you're is you're up here to pay Paul. It's almost, you know, it's it's hard. And that's why we've said how the draft is so important and how they've screwed it up royally because had they hit on anybody, you know, maybe we're not having this conversation on, on you know, missing. I, I really, missing I really think, yeah, I really think your best bet at the end of the day, there's going to be more buyers than sellers at the market. So you're really hoping that people will overpay for something that you have. Um, but not this than, year. I just don't see it happening. This not, year. no, 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 not like Brown or, or Rob, meaning one of the lesser assets, you know, you're hoping someone will be like, I kind of need this. Like I said, I keep using PJ Tucker as my dream scenario. PJ Tucker is whatever. Uh, you know, first round pick for PJ Tucker. Yeah, such an allure around his name, though. You know, yeah, I mean, that's crazy to me. So, like, if someone thinks like this guy is what I need or whatever, uh, fine, great, I'll I'll consider that. Um, that would be that would be like Schroeder on your team. Yeah, a veteran, a guy that can come in and you know make a difference. I mean, the whole the thing about PJ Tucker, I think, was that you know he. He was kind of tough, you know, he's tough. He's a veteran. He can do a couple of things pretty well. But yeah, I mean, he's at this point, especially, you know, he kind of is who he is. But man, if the Celtics had a guy like PJ Tucker, that would be great. You know, like that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if the Celtics are buyers or sellers. I don't know if they know. You know what I mean? Like here we are at 500, the worst place you can be. They, well, yeah. They're stuck. Yeah, you look at yeah. it, and it's like, oh, they can just keep looking at the situation here, especially with those guys extended, and say, yeah. let's just ride it out. Let's just see if Smart clicks with the Jays, and let's see if Rob gets better, and let's see if these young guys. And that would be so frustrating. I mean, what are we gonna do opening night next year after another 500 season when they're courting Smart, Brown, Tatum, Rob, and? I- Grand. But <laughs> let, 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 let's let's let me continue on Keith's piece let's here not, because again, don't use that way. phrase, Jimmy. Let me continue here because it was pretty thorough. Uh, we went from the Richardson Smart Williams that they're going to be, uh, you know, hard to trade. Then it was hard to trade Vet, and it's Horford. So a lot of us are like, maybe some team will like Horford. And uh, you know, Keith kind of pours water on that one as well. Um, well, you get the half wave with him next year if he really starts to collapse, which yeah. is useful. It still means he's got to be part of a large-ish deal. And so on his own, it just doesn't seem likely to move. Um, and it's a big chunk of change to like – it's still 14 and a half, so you can't – even the half deal, you can't view it as an expiring because you're still on the hook for 14. So you're not trading an expiring. It's, no, it just gives you a little more flexibility below the tax and below the hard cap if you want to make a sign and so, trade. This was the best line in this. He wrote, on the court, Horford's game is like listening to someone speak live when you've been listening to them on two times speed on a podcast. <laughs> it's sort of the same, but it feels a whole lot slower. <laughs> I, I I mean, we're not the only ones who noticed that Al Horford is looks is definitely whatever. It's brutal. It's, whatever it's devastating. Ju- the jump in juice he had in the first like 10 games, eight yeah. to 10 games a season where we're like, holy crap, Fountain of Youth is gone. He's he was still, all defense first team for a while. He's still serviceable. Uh, and then the guys who said the very tradable vets, Schroeder, Freedom, and uh, Hernan Gomez. 
And every deal I've seen for Schroeder suggested out there is a second, two seconds, you know, so it's just not much of a trade. No, you hope you can maybe find a young player firm that makes equal money or something. You're Romeo. I saw an interesting thing out there today that uh, they're looking at Jeff Green and Jalen Smith. Now, Green. Why, is, why are those things? In, why is Jeff Smith interest? Uh, Jeff Green interesting? He's not. I, I don't. You know, we were there. <laughs> no, I'll can... say this about Jeff Green. One of my least favorite players of all time. So if they if they go back to the well and bring Jeff Green back, that might be it for me. Honestly, that might be it for me. That's it. That might do Sorry. it. Like, like I mean, you put him at the four. I want the Jimmy. Jimmy, like, Jimmy oh, I want. I don't know if you can. Jimmy, I want the microphone back if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It you was put a gift, Green. John. You put Green at the four. It's probably a better fit than Horford, right? Like, it's all about the price there. You're not going to pay a ton, but if it's two seconds, like Fournier, he's on a you know two year deal, so he's not expiring. Fits in the TP or whatever it would be there. Yeah, you, you you go with that, and you know maybe you send Schroeder to Denver with their point guard issues that they've had, and you know give them a little more depth there. You hope that you can flip Schroeder for something that actually helps you a little bit now. Uh, it's so you're not just getting a couple second round picks and derailing your team in that regard. I'm not crazy on Green either. I don't think it changes anything here at all. It makes you feel better about the way they play and the style that they play on the team here. But is he a shoe in the play of a Richardson? or even a Romeo. I'm not certain of that. Uh, but Smith's a guy who's interesting to me because this was the number 10 pick, maybe 12, 10 to 12 range in last year's NBA draft. Uh, he killed you in that last Phoenix game there, hit a bunch of threes. He's a shooting big, stretch guy with size. Phoenix declined his team option, which is just a killer because you trade for him now and you don't have the ability to re-sign him for anything real. You'd have to use your mid-level where I think you're capped at a minimum or just above the minimum. So it's a flyer on a young player who didn't work in another place. And I've said this a million times. They have to keep trying this. It, find some young guys. If it's not Neesmith, Romeo, guys that you can buy into and develop there. Does Jalen Smith fit into the picture with you at the four? Is he your backup five behind Rob long term? Is he a guy that you can keep at decent price control beyond this year? I don't no one else him. is all that interested in him. No. That's an, like that's a good move you can make at the deadline, right? You're not going to reshape this team at the deadline and trade Brown and do all this crazy stuff, but you bring in a guy like Jalen Smith, a young guy that you believe in, and all of a sudden it's like something that's a little more forward pointing here. It's not even a pick; it's a guy that you know what he can do right now. And he's been very available out of Phoenix this year. So I don't know what it would cost to get him. His value certainly been killed by what they did with the team option there. So if you can buy low on him, go do it. It's kind of shocking that they wouldn't pick up the option, right? I oh, mean, stunning. Stupid, you right? Pretty, you have to be pretty bad, I feel like, to get your option. I mean, Grant Williams got his option picked up. Everybody gets the option year, picked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how bad, drafted how bad him, is this guy? They drafted him one calendar year ago. He, he wasn't great. He didn't play a lot as a rookie. He didn't play in the finals even when uh, the, you know they lost Sarich there. So they had some depth needs at the five. But they've started playing him a little more since they declined that option here. And he's had some good games. You know, he's, he's a, He was a pretty well-regarded center in the draft. He went much higher. I mean, he went higher than Halliburton and you know some of the other mid-round guys last year who ended up being really good players. So that was a killer for Phoenix. But you keep a you keep a young player around and see what they can do for a couple of years, right? You yeah, or you a... sit him on the bench and then maybe send him to Maine and then bring him back and play him in garbage time. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of feels like a Brad type of a move, right? Yeah. I mean, 
it's like you said, Bobby, not gonna make any major waves, but you take a little bit of a flyer on a guy that had some promise, you know. I'd love to see them do something like that. Sure, I guess if that's where we that's where we're at, I guess, right? I mean fill in the tenth spot in the rotation, you know. Here's his stats this year. (laughs) Fourteen minutes a game, forty nine percent from the field, twenty six from three. 7.5 7.5 points yeah. a game, 5.3 rebounds. Yeah. So this is you gonna know, shock you. I haven't seen a lot. Of, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I'm gonna have to fire up the YouTube. He's 21. Real get a better idea of what he's capable of before I comment too much on my like or dislike for the trade. In Boston, but in I, I've Celtics. said this before. I'm willing to try practically anything right now, anything <laughs> at all. Like if you if you think you might like a guy out there on another NBA team. Please go for it because honestly, what could be worse? Here's what he showed over six games recently 15 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 38% from three, 85% at the line. And this guy is how tall? 6'10. So he's a so big why, that can why shoot. Wouldn't, again, I mean, it goes back to the question why wouldn't they just pick it up? I mean, it's. Sh- Sure. I can't answer that question. I'm just talking about where we're at now. Right. What no, it's more of a hype. Yeah. It's more of a, just a rhetorical question, I guess. Well, oh, it was the, ridiculous. It was. But a here's the move. thing, though. This is the other thing we have to contend with is, um, you know, you're not like a, a good team. Like you're 10th in the standings even after tonight's win, um, which means there's possibly nine teams ahead of you just in this conference. Um you know, maybe even others, if you're looking at Atlanta and New York behind you, that's that have expectations who also want stuff. Um, so I, you know, there is a strange thinking in among Celtics fans that like, we want it, let's go get it. And again, whatever, this package, is a unique circumstance, though, whatever package the Celtics have to offer for anything. And that's even fringe guys, backup guys, guys who'd be okay here. Every other team can offer more and it wouldn't hurt them at all. That's the thing is like the Celtics are in such a weak position um, to improve their team because they have no real assets. Nothing. They have, they have, they can't, they'd have to grossly overpay because they just don't have anything. Um, Would you versus, trade Romeo for him? Yeah, but no, Romeo is nothing. Romeo is negative. Well, Smith's kind of nothing right now. Romeo is flat. That's like a perfect example of what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, try it. Like, do it. Try it, sure. But it's neutral value. You're right. You and what if Phoenix likes Romeo? The be- that's exactly what you're hoping. I, I I use this term all the time, but you know, like that kind of the second draft, like you don't know what teams out there had Romeo high on their board who are thinking if we got him here, we'd make something of him. If one of those teams exists, go find them and send them Romeo and then get their guy that didn't work in their system in exchange. No question about it. Like and I was thinking something- of this trade at the gym yeah. tonight. That'd be the situation where all of a sudden we'd look in two weeks and it'd be like, Romeo's 20 points a game over the last five. What happened out there in Phoenix? That will absolutely happen. Romeo will be be starting wherever they send him. In the NBA finals. And he'll score like 18 points a game. This is a great 3 and D guy that Boston let go. (laughs) We'll be watching the NBA finals and Romeo will be starting at the two. We'll just be like, no. But like uh, both that, both that, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown said Eme's using them more in two man actions to force mismatches. Um, yeah, I've makes seen it that. easier. Exactly. 
it makes more sense if one of them is a primary ball handler that what they're looking to do is draw attention and give it to the other guy. That's the most obvious thing that they should be looking to do. I went through a bunch of film with uh, Caitlin Cooper on Dome Theory yesterday, and, and there's this one play against Golden State, which is like maybe a month ago now at this point, where they just kind of line up <laughs> Brown and Tatum in the same area. They have Tatum setting a pick for Brown, like a, it's kind of a fake screen, and then Rob setting a real screen, and he rolls, and Tatum pops out. Everybody goes up to see Tatum. Rob's rolling uncontested, and Brown just gets him for an easy lob, and it's like – why aren't these guys just playing off each other constantly? Why, why can't we do this every single time here? Like this should just be what you do when you go on on the floor. We're going to go play basketball tonight. Tatum's going to set some screens for Brown. Brown's going to set some screens for Tatum. Yes. Pass to each other a bunch. Play a two man game. Like how hard is that? Like, and we're going to run some pick and roll. It's with really Rob. hard to get involved when Tatum's got the ball over here and Brown's in that corner. And you know, Tatum's dribbling this way into a double team that Brown's not on the floor at that point. They have to run stuff and run the two man and run screens for one another. Um, you know, it makes perfect sense. So I, I'm glad that that's a thing that, you know, was and we've seen a it point now. of emphasis. Right, yeah. Like we're seeing every game things that we never saw before, which is encouraging, right? Like it's uh... a small step, but they're taking it now and they're staying with it and it hasn't been even but we're seeing now going on a couple weeks here the real commitment to making that work and even just the communication tonight did you kind of see them i know john loved that tatum was on the bench at one Woo, point he did it. they were <laughs> laughing and smiling together yeah they were talking in a timeout hashtag ban the bike it's almost like they didn't even think that this w was like an issue. And all of a sudden they started hearing it everywhere. And it's like, oh crap, we have to talk to each other and like work these things out. Yeah. We can't just go out there and play and have it be automatic. Like it's almost like it was never even in their world that like they had to really try to make an effort to play together more smoothly. And now they're, they're, they're like, tr like trying to like catch up for the test or whatever. Yeah. They're cramming they, for the test here. They were shoving buddies tonight. I loved it. Hey, you're you're fine. I like you. I like you. <laughs> I hey, did love that moment, though. Don't, don't jostle me. There was a great moment where Tatum went to the bench and sat on the bike. And there is a bike there in Indiana, I guess, too. Maybe they take it everywhere they go. And yeah. uh, Gorman was like, oh, there goes Jason to his spot on the exercise bike. <laughs> did he say that? I missed that. He did. Did you hear that, John? No. Oh, uh, my God. I'll have to go back and watch it. Oh, tell me where that is. That's, Everybody that was, that was is now on bike watch. Everyone's on the bike watch. <laughs> it was the third quarter, and Gorman was like, there goes Tatum to his seat. Bike watch 2020. 2022, sorry. What year is that? I love one of uh, our viewers. One yeah. of our viewers tweeted at us that they should just replace the whole bench with bikes. Just with bikes the Peloton, a like a whole Peloton class. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be like the year 2040. Everyone's in like a bubble just working out and like waiting for it to go into the game or something. Oh my God. That was good. That was good. Gorman's gotten salty. Jimmy, you texted and he was like, did he just say that guy sucked? I'm like, or whatever it was, you know? Oh, the pass yeah. sucked. Yeah. He was like, he yeah, goes, like, oh. he goes you... terrible pass. Yeah, like <laughs> rarely do you hear like that type of commentary from him, you know? And, and then, the, well, like, he's tired of these guys. And the next yeah. time down, Tatum does something out of control, turns the ball over and then fouls. And then he goes, well, Jason turned it over and there he is complaining to the officials again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Yeah, like years ago, he, like he would have just had like a call, like 
the pass, uh, you know, the pass is picked off by the opposition or something, you know what I mean? Something stupid like that. And this, instead of just like terrible pass and they're back the other way. <laughs> like, you know what I want to see happen next time, next game? I want to see Tatum start the game and then go, go to come out and go to the bike and have like Ennis just be on it and just see what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, would he be like? Put Wancho on there. Yeah, Wancho's just there. Like, I thought I'd ride it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only yeah, got one. Great. It is funny, like it. though. You go back into Twitter and you type, like, Tatum bike, and there's, like, years and years of him doing this. So maybe that just is his thing. I don't – like, it's so weird. I know Gorman's been watching the game 40 years, and this is probably the first time he's ever seen someone take a, a obligatory seat on the bike instead of the bench. But who knows? Does it matter? I don't know. We just kind of left guessing there. I, like I said, I, I it always... does matter. It does yes. matter, but like I don't want to sound like a boomer about it. It does matter because it's weird. That's all there is to it's it. Weird. It's it not is like, weird. Oh my god, the Celtics are crumbling. It's not like that, but it's just like if he was going there and pedaling and really like it was keeping him warm and it was part of his like routine that we wouldn't even blink. But he goes over it, there and yeah. sits and hangs it, out. He just sits there and like. <laughs> Yeah, the the reason expressionless stares. The reason it matters because like I just want to see you sitting with your teammates talking about what just happened or maybe what can you do differently or better. I I'd rather you get mad at your teammate. It's insane to not talk about when we get back out there. We should do more of this. You know, like it's insane to me. Like I'd be your 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 rec league coach would scold you if you weren't watching the game or you were over on the side. Maybe it's because when they. Maybe it's because yeah. when they stagger the lineups, he ends up going to the bench sitting next to Ennis, Romeo, Neesmith. And, you know, what is he going to tell any of those guys? Right. They're not going yeah. in the game. <laughs> right. no, it, no. it, just, it just goes back to leadership qualities. And, like, that's just something that – it's the little things like that that I look for. Right. You want him getting up and off he the says bench, he did some pedaling waving tonight. a towel at the other – at your guy – you can't support your team from there, even the ones on the court. Forget talking strategy or the camaraderie. You love it when the starters right. get off the bench and they're supporting people, you know, and when they're doing well and this and that. That's kind of part of like vibe. Like, what did you love about like the 2008 Celtics? Like, you know, KG sitting there laughing his ass off You're during Geno time, you know, or right. flipping out when like a bench guy would do something or constantly clapping and making noise. That the bench mob attitude is a fun thing and it adds to the chemistry and camaraderie. Of the team it's so strange to opt out of it you know what do you I think know, that, of richardson thing it's just like okay i guess <laughs> it's odd like, it's odd what yeah. do you think of richardson quipping about it in the ig comments there i know yeah you did a little write-up on that john I, I look like i said i don't think it's an issue i i think he likes tatum i think he thinks it's funny and kind of weird um and i think that's probably what most people are like i guess that's what he does i don't think they're mad uh no, but i do but think they, they're probably they, like they acknowledge that it's a thing that's a yeah. that's a thing he does. It's going to become yeah. a thing in the coming weeks here. I, I 100% think so. <laughs> Listen, we've all, you know, anyone who's been on a team and and if there's a kid that's, you know, or, you know, a guy on their team that's distancing himself from the rest of the guys, like, that's usually not a good a good vibe or a good look for, like, that person. And, like, eventually. Or even with the coaches, like, right? Like, forget the like, teammates. Well, what's, he, what's he, like, what's his deal? Kind of thing. Can he be yeah. over there, like talking through something with Will Hardy or whoever's on the yeah. bench there, or like who knows, having a little chat with him? How about be coached? You know, yeah. there's like five coaches there. Um, but right. it is funny, but like with the Gorman stuff, taking his little shots and this and that, it is interesting because these guys are around the team. You know, they, you know, they not they, as much they, as they used to, be. not as much as they used to, but they do get a sense of them. And I do think, you know, when Gor, 
it's very clear Gorman's vibe is like there's something off about even these yeah guys. last year he he was the same last year. Yeah. Everybody in the country looks at this team and says there's something weird going on here. There's it's something not a secret. off. We can't figure it out. There's something off. You know what though I like? Here's the one place I'll be bullish on this. We've been saying it for a while. It, it's something's wrong. They're not getting it. They're not meshing. They're not doing whatever. But I think for the first time in their careers, Tatum and Brown are now acknowledging it. Before they were like haters, you know, uh, and this is BS. I think actually this is like the first time where there's a little you bit see of it on the court, looking in the mirror for, you know, and you know, for Brown back-to-back post-game comments for Brown to say, we talked about it. How do we play better together? That's an uncomfortable conversation. Joe has been talking about because before it's like, screw that. We're both awesome basketball players. These guys don't know. And now they're like, yeah, maybe we should kind of figure out how we can do this better together. And then Tatum to say something, which is the most encouraging thing Tatum's ever said about the Celtics in the last post game was I want to do it here. I've never heard him say that. Brown said you know? something to that effect too, right? Like we never heard him say that. In here. Yeah. It was always, yeah. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And it was about self-improvement but it never tied to Boston. I want to get better. I want us to get better. I want to do it here was like the most reassuring thing I've ever heard him say. So them acknowledging it is actually a good, is a good thing. Isn't Um, it a credit to Ime too? Like this is, it might be. That's why I'm not down on Ime like the guy, Uh, you know, but yeah, that, that could be part, part him. It also could just be year two of kind of getting kicked in the, you know, whatever uh, that they've realized, like, you do have to have some self-reflection when it's just not when you're consistently not seeing results. Yeah. Hearing it from people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get too, I mean, after the whole Kyrie saga where he was like, Oh, I'd love to stay. If you have me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, players are going to say stuff like that, but I've been waiting for any sort of sign that Tatum and Brown, like genuinely want to be here and like play here long term and even now like i thought last year was like the lowest of lows for this organization in terms of celtic pride and you know all that stuff so it was nice to see to see that quote um and i know i'll action speak louder than the word so i'll wait to see how right how that translates on the court and off the court and we'll go from there but i mean yeah obviously you want to hear your stars say that stuff we talked a lot about them too. Can you split them up? Can you do this? Can you do that? When I just think of like what we do every day, you know, we're texting back and forth about the team and we, you know, we hate watching this group going on two years here and we don't see a lot of hope for the front office and just their long-term outlook as an organization right here. Even the young guys were like, oh, can they do a little something, but there's not really much going on there. The reason we still get locked in and the reason the garden still kind of, you know, it's not sell out, but there's still a lot of people there getting excited. And there's still a bunch of people on Twitter locked into this team every night is because if these two work, you still really have something pretty special here. Like these are two like upper, upper echelon young wings who, if they figure it out and if you put the right pieces around you, there's still hope that this core can win a championship at some point. So that's like what this is all about here. You know, this is why no one wants to see them split up. Cause even if you feel better about the fit or you get some prospects or something, there's nothing left that really makes you special. And I know you'll kind of gripe at that word there, John, that they're an under 500 team special. What, but like, they are still two guys that everybody in the league looks at and says, these guys are pretty special here. I know, but that's the thing is like, 
But there's a you know, lot of special. We guys. joke about it, like they. But you in, have some of them. If you didn't, in, we'd just be like, "Oh, who cares I, about?" I this understand, game? but they are in year five and six, and this season's going nowhere. So next year, in year six and seven, yes, they were ascending talents, and they are people who are highly regarded in the game. But there's a flood of talent coming in every year. There's people who are getting better. There's people who are going from good to great. There's people who are going from borderline all stars to superstars like Morant. And those people are leapfrogging you. So you yeah. are now you're two years ago. You'd say, what duo would you rather have than Tatum and Brown? Now you start looking around and be like, there's a few what about Morant you know? and Bain. Yeah. It's getting interesting because like I said, there's a lot of talent in the league. So you can't just rest on we're talented. You got to do stuff. You so, can't rest on your roster. I mean, yeah, you look at the results. You're five, five and six. I know they're young, but it's year five and six. Okay. This is a different game and it's a different era. I don't care the age. It's the experience. So they've been playing professional basketball at a very high level in a critical moments in deep playoff runs. It's going to be year six and seven next year. There's no room they're for certainly well you know right they're certainly part of it and you look at why'd everybody leave and this and that who knows it could have been just the approach of these guys or just you know their trajectory you heard Kyrie griping about the young guys and this and that and just maybe their approach to things here who knows like there's going to be a story written one day of what the hell is going on here and why things are so screwed up over the last few seasons here right but at the end of the day if we talk about is it them is it the team it's probably the team right? Like they look much better and they put up much, much better numbers on a much better team. And you look at the organization and you're like, what are you kind of doing here with the tax and with, you know, Brad and just a trajectory and what, what's going on up above Tatum and Brown in terms of what they're doing and who they are. Players are pretty down the list of your concerns here with what's going on with the Clearly, organization, right? You know, they're, 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 they're in, in terms at of the bottom. talent, in terms of a talent, they're 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 two nines or nine point fives, and the next closest guy is a six or a five. It's a, it's a huge disparity between them and the. I mean, you don't even know I about s- the coach yet, and I you know I get why people go there because we know who Brown and Tatum are. We don't know we don't know who Eme is. But yeah, coach, it's the but... same convo we have, and Jimmy's mentioned it a million times. You know as well. You know is the it, it, the fit thing? That's something that's so hard to put your. But the mix on. is it stale? Yeah, Caitlin so. said that on Dome Theory. Like, it just could be a stale mix. Is do you just feel better being next to a different point guard than Smart? That's a real thing, you know. Like, stale is a very good word for this team. I think, and like, I know maybe like all, all the people. Brad got stale. That's show, why he's kind of like, gone, right? I mean, a lot of people watching this show are diehard Celtics fans, and we love everybody watching the show. But there's a lot of non-diehards or casual fans. Who, who are so turned off and tuned off and just bored and of this team starting from Jason Tatum all the way down. Like, yeah, we should have moved on reality. Like it's, it's a very boring team. And like a lot of casual basketball fans aren't interested at all in the Boston Celtics. That's we should have moved. We should have moved off. We should have moved off smart. A while ago. Last year. They should have done it. Hey, your ball thing was for, on point. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I don't know if it was realistic or not, but that was no, my No, but like, say you did it two years earlier and that you was really my made type that a dream. priority. You, Clearly, New Orleans didn't have much of a priority in keeping them. Or you'd you still can't be there. Wait, you can't wait for sure things. You can't wait for sure things. Um, you've got you to talk about bad moves, Jimmy. What the hell were the Pelicans doing getting rid of ball? 
crazy. I, everyone convinced so themselves issues. he was every, the the narrative around Ball was he's not even really a true point guard. He's really more of a wing. He's and the numbers people were throwing out, and here's what he does as a point guard. X, <laughs> he y, is Z. so good. He's so friggin' good, man. He's, he's one of the best shooters in the league. Period. At this point, you've gotta, you've gotta. You know, I, I, I'm always – I hate putting the nail in the Marcus coffin because one game he didn't play and Schroeder played well, and but that's not it. I've been – you know where I've felt about Marcus. He has value, but let's not freaking overdo it. But you're right. Now you're counting on him for a lot, and I don't know that that's, that's no, the right – No, that's yeah. the – and I don't agree with the people who say, like, you put him in as a point guard and really direct things around him, and it's going to be great. Like we we've seen about as close as you can get. What is he gonna have the ball in his hands all game, every game? Is that what people want to finally see him like reach his no, potential? But Unless, you wish, I, yeah. I love him. I love his game. I, I told I was texting you guys after that article ran the New York Times. It's gonna be a huge bummer when he goes because he's a guy who plays the closest to that style when everybody really loved this team back there in those Isaiah years and even into the early Tatum years. But at this point, he's been here a decade. The upside left in this game isn't substantial. And, you know, you, you've just lost so much talent. You'd love to have this guy be the sixth man on this championship team. Ding, ding, that's ding, just ding. gone. <laughs> We've yeah. been saying that for a while. He's a great back of all trades man the game what it needs. But when you rely on what we talked ourselves into with Marcus at the beginning of this year was, who knows, A.B., given the keys to the car, as the point guard on his own, maybe we'll see something we haven't seen yet. That was the sunny outlook of Marcus Smart, which was, we will give him the benefit of the doubt to see if this happens. It's only 40 games. It hasn't happened. He's okay. And Smart's been really good this year. I, no, I, he I hasn't, Bobby. No, done. he hasn't. His numbers are down in every defense. category. You look at the analytics when he's on the court. Let's go His back to the conversation has, at the beginning. He has always been a good defender. You are asking him to be more. He has not stepped up to be the more you wanted him to be. He has returned to the guy who was a good, a really good defender two years ago. And that's all that's happened was the defense, which slipped last year, is back up. But he's the same guy who wasn't a starter two years ago, but with worse overall numbers across the board. Field goal percentage, turnovers, assists are down even last year. Assists are down over last year when he wasn't the true point guard. So everything is down this year. He's not having a good year, and he's not been terrific in that he's, role he's at never all. Been a, he's never been a stats guy, but you look at but the But it's offense. not a stats thing. when you, you asked him to be more this year, and he has not been more. He has I not. think he's been more. He's driving more. He's he gets quite but he's a bit not of free making them. No, it's he's not about not. him though. It's what he's doing to direct the offense. When he's on the court, he's not he's doing not. a great job of that. When he's well, on he's the court, that. when he's on the court, they shoot four percent better effective field goal, which is ninety second percentile of any player in the league. I mean, that's not a joke. Like that's a pretty good stat right there, and all, like everything they do offensively, his net rating, like everything when he's out there is much it may much be higher. It's a matter of value over replacement. And it's not necessarily indicative of. But him we're talking being about good. Schroeder. Would you I rather know, have him or Schroder? It's not necessarily indicative of him being good. And Schroeder started even, a ton of games this year. Don't even year. compare. Don't, don't even bring Schroeder into this. It's just about Marcus Smart, and yeah. it's just about that. It's not even about comparing the two. You can say that Marcus Smart on the court is better than what he's 
and then what the team is with him off the court. This doesn't necessarily mean that he's been great this year. Yeah, they don't have anybody else. That's why he's playing point guard to begin with. That's the point. Is it's 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 value over replacement. There really isn't much else there. So of course it goes up in his presence. But it's it's uh, relative to the league, ninety second percentile. I mean, it isn't differential over the next guy on your team. It's a stat. It's a Celtic stat. No, that it's you're, the league that you're applying to. It's it's this much percentage better when he's on the court versus not when he's because not the, there. Yeah. Because who's the, the person who's be there when he's pitchers. not is bad. That's the problem. It's a Celtic stat, not a league stat. So mm-hmm. again, it's not, you know, it's, but you would it's, think him being out there, the shooting issues, they'd be a worse shooting team, but they're getting better shots when he's out there. He's a great offensive director. He doesn't get all the assists. He's not great. He's okay. He's, he's okay. He's not great. We're, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that nothing, I've enjoyed his season quite a bit. It's it's really not been great. It's he, not. He hasn't been. He's not He's not a detriment out there. No one's saying that. It's just like. That's, he's that's a great passer. He really is. People. He's who, not great. He's good. He's, like not a, he's, Smart, he's a pretty like, good passer. He's not a great like passer. Smart, and that, that's fine. But like. His passing's he, limited by his own offense. And you look he, at his own offensive numbers and they, they're bad. You got a guy who can catch the ball 15 feet above the rim. Which and who finds for, the most? Which, which account for half of Smart's assists. And then you have two, two top 15, you know, wing scorers out there. You're telling me he doesn't have people he can give the ball to who will do the rest of the work. Throw it in the air and Rob will fly and get it or literally <laughs> pass it to this guy who's a scorer. Like, it's not crazy to think that there's people around him that can make him look better. Yeah, but he doesn't always have the ball. You know, you'd like to... <laughs> I know, but I mean, we just keep making excuses. Can we just say that it's he's okay? He's pretty, he's, he's okay. Good. But he's he's not, a good point guard. He's okay, but he's not the answer. And he's not, you know, he's just right. is what he's, he is. He's... His passing skills. What's your point, Bobby? What What's your ultimate point? You just want to make the point that you think he's better than we think he is. Yes, he's a he's a great fine. passer in my mind. But, okay, and, fine. And fine. does the does the passing get knocked down? Fine, to good fine. Or he's great. He's great. No, by fine. by his shooting and his finishing and all the different things. We have we have people writing articles saying that his contract is a negative. Like we, we like, and you're sitting there telling us that he's having a, the best season of his career. I think he's had an excellent season. You look at his defense too. I and, mean, you know, it's a different thing here, but it's part of the equation, you know? So I'll be very interested to see the kind of value he can draw. And again, like you'd love to keep him here, but who are you going to get rid of? What kind of moves are you going to make to shake up the roster? You can't just keep saying no, 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 all the way down. It's an That's off season. I am where it's I am. Gonna be, it's going to be a major, major offseason for the Celtics. And I don't even know who the hell's pulling the strings. I don't know. if We talked about this briefly in our chat. Is Brad even allowed to, like, I don't even know what his job to do. tax implications. Right. I mean, is, is Wick going to allow Brad to do whatever he wants, or is Brad just here to fill it, finish out his contract? And then I just don't know. I, I, I have, There's so many question marks around this organization right now. I'm waiting for the Wick media uh, – media tour that's gonna come soon, i'm surprised right? that hasn't come already yeah it's gonna come soon i think we'll be on 95 sports up soon i think i don't know no what one likes says. my smart defense here <laughs> oh i'm not God. gonna lie but i i'm always reluctant to open my mouth because i i know i'm viewed as having a smart agenda my smart agenda is not marcus is bad my smart agenda is marcus is a great sixth man who gives your team a lot 
and having right. a guy like him on, on a good team is is extremely valuable. But right. when you it's, count on him to do, I use the analogy again, Bobby, I've used it on the text thread. You can have in a hockey, you can have a great third line center, you know, or a punt returner who's spectacular at what he does or a special teamer. Matthew Slater's great. If you make Matthew Slater, your wide receiver too. Slater. Come I'm just on. saying, if you get a guy who does a lot of little things, well, like the third line mucker and grinder, and you put him on the top line, you're going to be disappointed in his production. Doesn't mean he's bad. He's just miscast. So Marcus smart as this lead role ball handling playmaking point guard that's supposed to help unlock the Celtics offense isn't the guy that's all I'm saying right you know what? Think about it. It. I mean yeah if Kyrie had stayed is Marcus Smart your point guard I mean you know he he's in the perfect role for himself he might be the two or he might be the six man you know what I mean like he wasn't originally thought of to have this role in the team so we don't have to pretend that he's crushing it on in that role yeah because he's not we don't have to pretend we don't have to lie everyone everyone here has eyes everyone's an educated enough sports fan and can see and we don't have to tell anybody what they're what they're seeing they can see it they can see that marcus smart has his warts and he's it's not tough because he's bouncing Bob, between. Bobby, if Evan Lazar friggin' sprains his ankle heading into this weekend's game, I'm sending you to cover the Patriots. You might not do as good a job as Evan Lazar. It doesn't make you a bad reporter, okay? <laughs> yeah. But you, you're not a Patriots. You know, you're, you're, not, a Patriots not, you're not a Patriots guy, okay? Just isn't These are thing. some crazy analogies. I don't even know how to respond to them. And Bobby, your defense, nobody could back up Lazar. He's absolutely amazing. He's a legend. He's a legend. Uh, so uh, let's wrap it up. We've been going a bit. Uh, fun show. I wanted to say yeah. one go thing. Ahead, though, go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. We're talking ahead. about point guards, and I saw this on Twitter yesterday. The idea of like Mike Conley would would there and, and there's no rumors or anything like that, but it was just thrown. No, out someone's there. thrown out. Yeah, I like that. That was thrown out recently. As a, and, what would you and, and, um, right? I I think that is like honestly, if you really want to save or give this team a real chance, that's like the perfect. Type You're talking of Brown though, Jimmy. No, no, no. I'm saying you, you no, you're not talking brown for Mike Conley? Yeah, who else are you gonna give up for Conley? I mean smart. Conley is like it is they do Conley first. for smart? I don't know, I would. If you're Utah? Yeah, but what if Danny Ainge wants smart? Ooh. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. Exactly. No, Conley's so, expensive, he's getting a little bit old. I mean, listen, you don't snub your nose at Bobby, if you can get him Bobby, for smart. You, you, let, let's say, I mean the time is now. I mean, right? I mean, if you can do a – that's a Phoenix Suns type move where they got a Chris Paul, they unlocked Booker, and, like, here – then now look at them. Like, if the Celtics could get a guy like Conley, an all-star last year, um, yeah, he's a little bit older, and, yeah, he has a high contract. I mean, that's why he's possibly maybe a long shot to be available. So, so again, like – Smart and uh, and Richardson maybe. You got to get them a wing somehow. <laughs> What is funny is this is basically just an extension of what we would be texting each other if we stopped broadcasting. This right, show so could, instead the, of getting the 3 a.m. text from Bobby, just get it out there now. <laughs> this show could have been over 30 minutes ago, but instead of you and me arguing with Bobby on text, we're just we're just airing it out here <laughs> for everybody true. to hear. Might as well, right? We're gonna put a premium subscription out there to have a live view of the group chat at all hours of the day. Yeah, we just invite three people into the group chat. It like, is funny. Day. We uh, we'll do a we'll do a spaces soon too. Let's uh, do spaces Friday. That would be a great. I might do, do spaces Friday. I don't want I don't want to drag only uh, people. Saturday but... we got Pats. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't know. Conley's it's a, listen. I'm not gonna snub my nose at any idea. Obviously, Simmons threw Brunson out there, popular name, free agent, guy that's gonna be available this off season. Brunson's younger awesome. guy, but he's yeah. kind of reminds me of Smart a little bit. He's shorter, and the defense isn't going to be there. So that's what you're giving up in that exchange. There is a question here, too, giving up smart for another point guard. If you get, like, a Kemba type, are you just going to get nailed by opposing point guards night in and night out, and you're kind of doing the Trey Young thing there? That's not an experience you want to be in without smart. Like, smart helped you through those days back in the day. So, yeah. When you're thinking of training smart for a point guard on his level, that is something you have to consider there. But, listen, I'm open to anything. Uh, like even i'm open to brown ideas I'm, i don't want to trade brown but i'm listening to them you know yeah. like i, I just want to hear what's available out there and conley i don't know why the jazz would move him if you want to say danny right. wants smart back bad <laughs> and maybe we just got a kevin McHale situation here and he's gonna save the celtics like McHale did i don't see it happening but I'm willing to listen. Conley's that would, on a, that would be beneficial to Danny because he would say, see, I was right with Tatum and Brown. Those were great. And he has Mitchell as the main point guard there. I don't, there's a world where that's a possibility. Conley's 33 and he's on a 21 this year, 22 next year, and a 14 guaranteed at a 24 in 24. So it's not a ridiculous contract. He's a good player still. He can shoot some, he can defend some, and he can play make. Um, I've always loved honestly the point guard that we're all talking about that the Celtics need. So <laughs> if you're not willing to make that trade, then you're obviously not interested in getting. So John, you think there's a possibility they would do that? I don't know. I don't know. 